Welcome to The Christian Atheist, where faith and reason fuse in the Incarnation. Episode number 93, Paradise Lost, Books 5 and 6, Evil Original, Evil Militant. With Books 5 and 6 of Paradise Lost this week, we approach the midpoint of our journey through this epic poem, beginning in Medias Race, in the middle of the action, as so often in epic poetry. We learn a great deal from flashbacks, as is the case today. We met Satan in hell as Book 1 opens. Although defiant, he was also defeated, thrown out of heaven, condemned and punished. It is not until Books 5 and 6 that we get the backstory of Satan's origin, his rebellion, and fall. Milton reminds us that Satan is now a cowardly, skulking, sneaky, deceptive creature, reduced to hiding from the light and sight of his creator, plotting revenge, and spreading misery in darkness and secrecy, and reminding us, thus, of pathetic and ignoble creatures like Gollum and Grima Wormtongue in The Lord of the Rings. This reminder is well-timed, for as Plato tells us, great evil can only be born of great potency and we find in these two books the origin story of evil itself, embattled with heaven. Indeed, how the mighty have fallen. I suggest reading Isaiah 14, 12-17. Satan's ultimate end is ignominy and shame, perhaps even pity. But such was not his beginning. Book 5 opens with Eve's recounting of the toad Satan's whisper-induced dreams, his seductive lies promising godlike status, happiness beyond her present bliss, appealing to pride, envy, and forbidden fruit, that lust for more beyond the boundaries that plagues us still, that reason imagining its own unbounded rather than God's reason demanding its own rational supremacy, its own reality, as Adam explains to Eve concerning her troubled dreams. But know that in the soul are many lesser faculties that serve reason as chief. Among these, fancy next her office holds. Of all external things which the five watchful senses represent, she forms imaginations, airy shapes, which reason, joining or disjoining, frames all of what we affirm, or what deny, and call our knowledge or opinion. Then reason retires into her private cell, when nature rests. Oft in her absence, mimic fancy wakes to imitate her, but misjoining shapes, wild work produces oft, and most in dreams. Evil into the mind of God or man may come and go so unreproved, and leave no spot of blame behind. Thus Milton subtly suggests here at the beginning of Book 5 the origin of evil in the imagination of the free, rational creature. It is once again a transgressive phenomenon, as reason is meant to act in concert with our senses, not alone. That is, our pursuit of truth is both reasoned and intuitive, the senses and the mind working 
in concert. Imagination divorced from the boundaries of the real is not irrational. Rather, it is hyper-rational. Reason unrestrained, unbalanced. And this unrestrained potential is what Satan here seeks to exploit in Eve. For that same potency, sin, was born from his head, his unbounded rational faculties, as we saw in Book 2. As a contrast to the illicit and transgressive knowledge sought in the rational imagination, we find Adam's curiosity about, quote, things above his world, encouraged by God's messenger, Raphael, visiting the blessed couple and sharing a meal. When with meats and drinks they had sufficed, sudden mind arose in Adam, not to let the occasion pass given him by this great conference to know of things above his world. There is, Raphael tells Adam, an order to creation, a scale or hierarchy, God being the source and substance of reality, and each being has its proper place and dignity, its proper boundaries, and that the human, quote, soul, reason receives, and reason is her being, and that thus man may, quote, in contemplation of created things, by steps ascend to God, end quote, but that this free, rational contemplation carries with it great risk. God made thee perfect, not immutable, and good he made thee, but to persevere he left in thy power, ordained thy will by nature free, not overruled by fate inextricable, or strict necessity, our voluntary service he requires, not our necessitated. And, of course, what applies to man as free, rational creature applies equally to the angelic beings to which the poem now turns. Interspersed here with Adam's story are hints of the origin of evil. Rational imaginations unbounded awake illicit desire, and the spark of desire fans to transgression. Rationally bounded curiosity, however, is encouraged by Raphael, when Adam says, But more desire to hear, if thou consent, which launches the flashback to the war in heaven. And this knowledge, Raphael declares, quote, For thy good is dispensed. The scene shifts to heaven, with God declaring his Son ruler of all. The heavenly host, Milton tells us, quote, All seemed well pleased. All seemed, but were not all. Thus, deceit is born in dissembling, hiding the real by the feigned, playing, there's imagination again, false, to cover, quote, envy against the Son of God, that day honored by his great Father, and proclaimed Messiah King anointed. Satan could not bear through pride that sight, and thought himself impaired. The sense of personal wounding, injured pride, at the events and actions in the world and by the persons around us, seems endemic to the attitude, the heart, from which evil action springs. Quote, Deep 
malice, thence conceiving, and disdain. Soon as midnight brought on the dusky hour friendliest to sleep and silence, he resolved with all his legions to dislodge, and leave unworshipped, unobeyed, the throne supreme, contemptuous, and his next subordinate awakening, thus to him in secret spake, so spake the false archangel, and infused bad influence into the unwary breast of his associates, and with lies drew after him the third part of heaven's host. Evil is born in darkness and secrecy, as it knows itself, evil self-reflective, as transgressive, as false, as resolving, that is, choosing contrary to the dictates of reason and reality. It hides from others and from itself evil self-deceptive, what it knows as truth in order to justify its transgressive desires and actions. Its free choice it paints as constraint. Its evil ends it portrays as moral requirements. Its very transgression it paints as moral rectitude. And the logic of transgression and self-justification leads inexorably to the infection of others, by which transgression becomes righteousness through subjective agreement, the subjectivization of value, the completed inversion of divine order and structure. But this rationalized reality, this imaginary world in which evil can challenge the Almighty, hide from the omniscient, and recreate God's order in inversion, must be learned, as it contradicts what is seen. It is not natural, that is, bounded, but purely rational, taking the part for the whole. It must be chosen by rational beings, so it must infect and infest others. It must spread evil pathogenic. It must, that is, seduce the rational part of free beings, making the worse arguments appear the better. Satan, thus, is the first of the sophists in his speech to his followers. Quote, Affecting all equality with God, Satan, with calumnious art of counterfeited truth, thus held their ears. We should note that Satan, too, says to his followers, Come, let us reason together. Isaiah 1.18 Evil is not irrational, but hyper-rational. Rather than prostration vile to God and his Son, quote, What if better counsels might erect our minds, and teach us to cast off this yoke? What follows? is the same sort of linguistic legerdemain that characterizes the Hegelian reasoning pervading our culture today, laced with virtue-signaling seduction and flattery, false reasoning which refuses to see the boundaries of reality that prove the lie of what is asserted. Will ye submit your necks and choose to bend the supple knee? Ye will not. If I trust to know ye right, 
Or if ye know yourselves natives and sons of heaven, possessed before by none, and if not equal all, yet free, equally free, who can in reason then, or right, assume monarchy over such as live by right his equals, if in power and splendor less, in freedom equal? Or can introduce law and edict on us who without law err not, much less for this to be our Lord, and look for adoration to the abuse of those imperial titles which assert our being ordained to govern, not to serve. The game being played here is familiar to our 21st century ears whether we know its Marxist origins or not. We, oppressed, must throw off the yoke of our oppressor. We must tear down this unfair regime that refuses us our due dignity and preeminence as free and equal beings. Reason and right are on our side. We must rebel in order to reset the scales of justice. This inversion of value, good for evil, evil for good, is even more explicitly acknowledged by Satan in Book 6 when he says to Michael, quote, The strife which thou callest evil, but we style the strife of glory, we mean to win, or turn this heaven itself into the hell thou fablest. Satan's fallacious argument to his followers is called out by the seraph Abdiel, faithful found among the faithless, faithful only he. Shalt thou give law to God? Shalt thou dispute with him the points of liberty, who made thee what thou art, and formed the powers of heaven such as he pleased, and circumscribed their being? But to grant it the unjust that equal over equals monarch reign, thyself, though great and glorious, dost thou count, or all angelic nature joined in one, equal to him begotten Son, by whom, as by his word, the mighty Father made all things, even thee, you, Satan says Abdiel, are deceitfully abusing language, as freedom is not lack of boundaries, and no created being can claim equality with the Creator. Satan responds, We know no time when we were not as now, know none before us. Self-begot, self-raised, by our own quickening power, our puissance is our own. Our own right hand shall teach us highest deeds, by proof to try who is our equal. It is not, of course, that this view has no evidence, as consciousness finds itself in existence fully formed, and never experiences its birth or creation. This is the story both of Adam and Eve in Paradise Lost. What is not rational here is the claim that from ignorance of one's origins 
we may conclude our own authorship. Again, then, the lie. The self-deception here is claiming more than is justified from partial knowledge and cynically ignoring the whole of the case. C.S. Lewis quotes George MacDonald, quote, The one principle of hell is, I am my own. This is, of course, the self-deception of all evil, and calls forth from Abdiel, O alienate from God, O spirit accursed, forsaken of all good. I see thy fall determined, and thy hapless crew involved in this perfidious fraud. Contagion spread, both of thy crime and punishment. Evil pathogenic has spread from Satan to his host. Quote, How hast thou instilled thy malice into thousands, once upright and faithful, now proved false? creating a groupthink against which cool, empirical reason, the very model of scientific method represented here by Abdiel, stands alone. How do reason and truth fare against error gone viral? Satan's confidence in his error only magnifies with the force of numbers behind him, as from his whole host, quote, None seconded Abdiel's argument. Abdiel staunchly maintained his reason and commitment to truth, but he persuaded no one infected. Among innumerable faults, unmoved, unshaken, unseduced, unterrified, his loyalty he kept, his love, his zeal, nor number nor example with him wrought to swerve from truth or change his constant mind, though single. From amidst them forth he passed. Book six is the graphical outplay of the substitution of force for reason so clearly portrayed here. It is now time, God says to Abdiel, quote, to subdue by force who reason for their law refuse. Right reason for their law and for their king Messiah, who, by right of merit, reigns. Abdiel is granted the first blow in the battle that follows. He says to Satan, Fool, not to think how vain against the omnipotent to rise in arms. This is the hyper-rationality of evil. It spins out in the imagination a rationalized account that refuses to be checked by reality, taking the part for the whole, deceiving itself by choosing blinders, choosing not to see. Abdiel declares of his skirmish with Satan, his puissance I mean to try, whose reason I have tried unsound and false, nor is it aught but just that he, that is, Abdiel, who in debate of truth hath won, should win in arms, in both disputes alike, Victor, though brutish that contest, and foul, when reason hath to deal with force. Yet so most reason is, that reason overcome. 
when the hyper-rationality of evil is overcome by balanced empirical reason, we find underneath the violent opposition, the resentment and envy on which the false reason is founded. And as Foucault and the postmoderns so famously tell us, the will to power is the basis upon which the superstructure is built. Truth, however, is not affected by subjective agreement or disagreement by the crowd. If truth is to prevail, someone must stand against the groupthink, the rational imagination's constructed world. Abdiel declares to Satan, When I alone seemed in thy world erroneous to dissent from all, now learn too late how few sometimes may know when thousands err. The groupthink of evil pathogenic can seem unopposable, and few there are indeed who dare, as they are painted as unethical, uncaring, dissenters from truth, all the contradictions about which they have systematically blinded themselves. And the consequences of opposing the group are potentially fatal. As James Lindsay says, the iron rule of woke projection never fails. But their world is not the real world. Their truth is not the truth. God's praise of Abdiel is sweet in this day of pernicious hatred. Servant of God, well done. Well hast thou fought the better fight who single hast maintained against revolted multitudes the cause of truth, in word mightier than they in arms, and for the testimony of truth hast borne universal reproach, far worse to bear than violence. For this was all thy care, to stand approved in sight of God, though worlds judged thee perverse. As the battle in heaven progresses, it gets increasingly violent, destructive, and dangerous. But on its own terms, imminence appears interminable, unresolvable. This continuation of conflict is the triumph of evil, inspiring hope and confidence in Satan and his host. Imminent reason and force in battle with imminent reason and force can never resolve the conflict. Only the transcendent God, reason itself, can end the conflict of reason, small r, with itself. It is only when God's Son confronts the rebels that the logic of their position, the logic of self-deception, culminates in its inevitable conclusion. The rebels throw themselves in terror from heaven to hell, refusing even now to deal with reality. The iron law of self-deception never fails. Evil self-deceptive is evil self-immolating. Again we see that the mind can be its own place and make a hell of heaven. I am a Christian with the searching and skeptical mind of an atheist. I don't want to believe anything that isn't true. 
I know both sides of the looking glass, and I know them with open eyes. I choose Christ's side. I invite you to join me from wherever you stand before the looking glass. That's this week's episode. Thanks for listening. And remember, you can have your religious cake and eat it too. You can have reason, respect for science, a 21st century worldview, and be a Christian.